Wow. You know, we do need to, I know Denise has already prayed, but we need to remember Ukraine and this Russia thing, all this stuff's going on right now uh, over in, in those countries. Um, it, it's really sad, the videos that you see and the, uh, the devastation and, and the fear in people's lives. I couldn't imagine. You know, Pastor Dave and I, we were talking about this last night. We live in a very soft country right now. We do. We, we are so blessed. We don't, we don't understand you know, we're like, take your medicines and, and, and do this. You know, th- there could be a day coming, you know, that's all taken away from us and the safety and the security of our homes um, and, and bombs coming over us. But, but, but we pray God's protection. But, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share a message this morning um, pertaining to the Word of God. And if you know the Word, uh, we shouldn't be alarmed when all this is happening because um, we will hear rumors of war and um, nation will rise up against nation. But the word says that when those things happen, we're not to be alarmed. We're to look up. We're to look up because our redemption is drawn nigh. It, it, it could be a sign of our Savior coming back. And a lot of times we don't talk about that. We just live like we, we don't talk about Jesus coming. And, and he could come at any moment. And so in times like this, well, let's pray for the safety of those people. But, but man, I'm telling you, I believe that this, this, we're living in a, in a day and hour where Jesus could come at any moment. But let's pray for those, those countries right now. God, God, we lift up Ukraine and, and God, all those people in that country, God, that are just innocently there, minding their own business, God, and, and, and terror has hit their country. And God, whatever the unsettledness between the countries, God, I pray for a resolution in Jesus' name. God, I pray that the bombing will stop. That God, that not one more life will be lost. But I pray that God, that you will put a a shield of protection, God, over that nation, over that country, God. And, And whatever that is there. I pray that God, that, 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 that God, that you would begin to bring peace among those countries and those leaders that's in those countries right now in Jesus' name, God. That's all that we know to do is to look to you, God, and we pray safety and security, God, over, over that whole situation, God, and understanding and resolution, Father. And God, only your peace and only your love, God, can begin to work and move in the hearts of of the lives of of bitterness and anger and frustration, God, and whatever's causing that. I pray in Jesus' name that, God, that your love, even that grace this morning, as Jim so eloquently shared, that you would just cover those two nations right now in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen, amen. Wow. Wow. Well, thank you, Pastor David. And uh, wow, last weekend, I hope you enjoyed that. I know that Pastor Pat and, uh, did a great job and while we were away. I know that uh, Brother Denny and Miss Betty and, and my wife and I, we got away and went to a marriage conference. And um, uh, it's amazing when you go to a con- I'm going to tell on myself a little bit. And uh, and, and somewhat apologize, Denny and Betty. It's like when you go on marriage conferences, it's supposed to be a great time. You're supposed to have a wonderful time. But if the enemy's going to make you fuss, it's going to happen during those times. 
Because the enemy doesn't want you there. It's like mom and I, we would get in a little, you know, things would get a little fussy and stuff. But on the way home, something spiritually happened and my wife and I took and absorbed all of that in and it was amazing what God did in us during that week. But, uh, but the enemy doesn't want you here this morning. He doesn't want you any place where your marriage is going to be blessed, where your life is going to be blessed, where your life is going to be changed, where you receive healing. He doesn't want you there. He doesn't want you to hear that. And so you're here this morning, and I'm going to talk about a message that I believe that it's, an, again, a now message, and we're going to talk about the breath of God. The breath of God, because we hear about that a lot, you know? I felt the breath of God, or, or we see the breath of God, or what does that mean? As you see the breath of God, there's power in the breath of God. And we all need to experience the breath of God. But, but what does that mean? What does that look like? How does God breathe his breath in us? And, and how, how does that happen? And where does that breath of God come from? You ever wondered that? Now, when I say that, there are many people that don't know the answer to that. I'm going to tell you the answer where we receive the breath of God is from the Word of God. Because this Word is God-breathed. And we know that in John 1.1 it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And that word became flesh. And so when we read this Word, the more that you read the Word of God, the more you're going to get to know who God is. And then not only that, but you're going to begin to experience the breath of God in your own life. And there's power in the breath of God. And the enemy doesn't want you to have anything to do with the word of God or the breath of God because he knows if you do, your life will be changed. Okay? And now, now here's the thing about Christians. And there's a study that's been done. Many Christians today, born again believers that call themselves Christians don't read the Word of God. And then we wonder why Christians struggle so much. And so my passion this morning is to get you to understand how important it is to read the Word of God because the more you read the Word of God, the more you're going to know who God is. And the more you know who God is, you're going to begin to experience the breath of God in your life. And you know, as I think about this, I want you to think about this for a moment. How long can you survive without food? I mean, statistics, they say, studies say probably like 60 days, 50, 60 days, you could survive without food, right? That's as long as you can pretty much go. Or how about water? Three, three to, three to five days, maybe. It's according how you are, about three to five days, all you can survive without water. But what about this? What about oxygen? What about the air? Minutes. Minutes. You can only survive three to five minutes. Basically, the world record holding their breath, I think, is a little over five minutes. Um, but you can't survive without that. And when I think about that, I think about the story that happened to my wife and I whenever we was at our other church over in Cincinnati. We, we took the whole entire team, the staff at that church, to Colorado to this leadership conference. And when we flew out there, we rented these vans. Pastor Doug was driving one, and I was in charge of the other van, and we had our teams together. And Doug says, hey, let's take him to the top of Pikes Peak. And so we travel up, we get up to the top of Pikes Peak. How many of you have been to Pikes Peak before? It's a fun place. But there's something happens when you get to the top of that mountain. I mean, your body does weird things. 
Why? Because the air up there is so thin, oxygen is not at its highest point at that point. There's not as much oxygen there. And so your body starts to see these side effects that's happening. And so anyway, there's a little restaurant up there, and it's, they, they serve light, light sandwiches and stuff, nothing special. But anyway, the rest of the team, they were all out checking out the sites and all that. But I was sitting there at a table in this restaurant, and over a couple tables over was this lady there. I mean, her face was really white, and I knew that, that this altitude sickness was getting her really bad. And I looked at her and said, ma'am, are you okay? And she says, No. I'm not okay at all. She said, I got a headache really bad, and and, and there's something wrong with me. I said, ma'am, that's that's normal. That's altitude signals. We all feel that way. And she says, no, you don't understand. She said, I'm real dizzy, and and I'm about to pass out. I said, ma'am, that's normal. That's altitude signals. We all feel that way. We we all are going through that as well. She said, no, you don't understand. It's really bad. I'm I'm, I'm sick, and I'm about to throw up. I'm nauseous. And I said, oh, ma'am, that's the altitude signal. We all feel like that we want to throw up. We all feel that way. We feel like that we, we, we want to throw up. And she says, no, I'm serious. My heart is missing beats right now, and I think I'm having a heart attack. At that moment, I paused because anytime someone says they're having a heart attack, you got to kind of take that a little serious. And I thought about that for a minute. Now, at that moment, I thought, I'm out of breath. I don't have enough breath to give you mouth-to-mouth, lady. So if you go down, you're on your own. I barely have enough oxygen for myself. And I was thinking this in my mind, and I thought, you know, ma'am, we all feel that way. Our hearts are missing. I, we all feel like we're having a heart attack. Why don't you just make your way on back down? I got to get on the veins. We got to get our crew down. But I'll say a little prayer for you. Now, I don't have a clue if she lived or died. I, I don't. I, I do not know that. But what I do know is this. She was in a place where she couldn't receive the level of oxygen that she needed and her body was being affected by it. Now, here's my point. How many born-again believers are suffocating spiritually because they're not breathing the breath of God by not reading the Word of God? Now, can you tell I'm passionate about this? And there are many people today, they're literally suffocating themselves because they're not breathing the Word of God. Let me show you how the Word of God is the breath of God. Let's go to the first scripture, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 6. And it tells us that all scripture is what? God breathed. It's his very breath. And it is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. You want to know why people don't know right from wrong? Because they don't know the Word of God. When when you stay in the Word of God, He'll show you what is right. He'll show you what is wrong. There's power when we read the the Word of God and the breath of God is released in our life. It will show you what is right and what is wrong. So I want to show you how much power is in the breath of God and how you need that in your life. And this morning, I want to encourage you, if you're not reading the Word, start reading the Word. And watch what will happen. And let me show you here a story. One of my favorite stories, it's in Ezekiel. And we know the story of Ezekiel. And, and, and he says this vision, and he sees these dry bones, right? And, and God, I'm just going to put it, you know, I'm going to bottom line it for you. Because every time some preachers preach this, I get real confused on what they're trying to explain. <laughs> and so he saw these dry bones, and bottom line was this. is God said, I want you to speak my words, Elijah, into these bones and they'll come alive. That's bottom line. 
And there are some of you this morning that you may feel dead here, that you don't feel alive anymore. But I got some good news. God's word and the breath of God is about ready to bring life back into somebody in this place this morning. Amen. You got to receive that and be ready for it. So let's read this story and how powerful the breath of God really is. Ezekiel 37 verses 1 and 10. The hand of the Lord came upon me, this is Ezekiel speaking here, and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley and it was, and it was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all around, and behold, there were very many in the open valley. Indeed, they were very dry. And he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? And it's like, well, I don't know, God. Only, only you know that. So I answered, oh, Lord, oh, God, only you're the only one that knows that. You know that. I don't know that. And again, he said to me, prophesy, and when it, that means speak. I want you to speak to these bones. And say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Hear this again? The word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. I will put sinews, and by the way, sinews are muscles and tendons is what that is, on you and bring flesh upon you. Cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live. You see in the word breath being used, this is the breath of God. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied or I spoke as I was commanded. This was Ezekiel. As God was commanding Ezekiel, he spoke. And as I prophesied, there was a noise. And suddenly a rattling and the bones came together, bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked and the sinews or the sinews and the flesh came up on them and the skin covered them over, but there was no breath in them. Also, he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord, come forth winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath came into them, and they lived and stood upon their feet in exceedingly great army. Did you all see the power of the breath of God and what it can do? Now, again, again, there are some of you today, and I don't know where you're at, but you've walked in here, and you feel like you want to quit. Or you feel like that you want to give up. And all it's going to take is the presence and the breath of God to go and bring you back to life. But you got to see that. And so I'm coming by your way today to tell you that that's my God and that's what God can do in us and through us. And so I'm going to show you four things this morning why you need to experience the breath of God through the word of God, okay? Because when you do, these four things will happen in your life. Are you ready? If you're taking notes, I want you to write these down because these are good. The first thing that will happen when the breath of God comes is this. It gives you the answers, and there are some of you this morning that you need some answers to some stuff going on in your life right now. You have to make some big decisions. 
How many of you have ever were going to buy a house or you needed to buy a car? Or you need to make a decision what business you need to open up. Let me tell you how that you find the answer. Get into the Word of God and the Word of God will breathe on you and give you the answer that you need. My wife and I, you know, we were, she, you know, we're praying about they're going to make a decision. You know, that we've got a cabinet business that I own it, but they, 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 we all own it together, but they pretty much, they own it. I don't know why you put my name on there, but anyway, Wilma and, and her daughter, they, they, they have a cabinet business. And so they're trying to make a decision whether or not they're going to move to a different location or whatever. And, and I was like, I just don't know. And I said, well, get alone. Listen. And the Holy Spirit and the breath of God is going to give you the answers on what you need to do. You'll be at peace. Every decision I've ever made in my life, I, it's always made in, in, my, in my suburban. I get in that suburban alone, and I'll start driving. And I'll start hearing God's voice. And the breath of God will come in, and he'll give me the answers that I need. Now, Ezekiel didn't know the answer either. Watch what, what this conversation with God in Ezekiel. Ezekiel 37, verses 3. And he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? So I answered and said, oh, Lord, you know. I don't know that answer, God, but you know that. And here's the thing. If you want to know the answer to about the situation, let's say you own a car, you got to go back to the original manufacturer in order to know the answer about a problem you're having with the vehicle that you own. If you, if you own a Chevrolet, you got to go back to the Chevy dealership, go back to the original manufacturer. And that's exactly what we have to do. If you want to know the answer, you got to go back to your original manufacturer and our original manufacturer is God. It's Jesus. Amen. We got to go back to him. Now watch, in Job chapter 32, verses 8, I love how he puts this, but there's a spirit in a man, and the breath of the Almighty gives him what? Understanding. God will give you the ability to understand what to do, when you need to do it, at the time that you need to underdo it. How, how, many, how many of you ever heard this statement, I just don't understand what to do. I just don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do with this business. I don't know what to do with my, with my job. I don't know what to do with my kids. Hey, man, how about that? I don't understand my kids. You want to understand your kids? Get in the Word. God will give you understanding on how to handle your, your kids. How about your spouse, ladies? I don't understand my husband. I don't understand my wife, right? Well, we get in that point. And by the way, we, in the natural, we can never understand them. Impossible. Look at this. As a matter of fact, God tells us to do this. And, and, and this is tough. Watch, look at this scripture here. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7. You husbands must give honor to your wives. Treat your wife with understanding as you live together. Okay, Lord, how do I do that? You're asking me to do something I don't know how to do. Well, let me tell you something. When you read the Word of God and stay in the Word of God, the breath of God will give you the understanding to do it. Let me show you the reason why. He comes back with this scripture in Luke chapter 24, verses 45. And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. Did somebody get that this morning? And so our understanding, if you want to know more about your wife, get in the Word, and it will begin to give you the understanding on her and how to handle her and how to love her and treat her the way that Christ loved the church. It'll give you the understanding. You wives do the same thing. Stay in the word of God and he will give us the understanding. Now, when I think back on this lady, this lady was panicking at the top of Pike's Peak. Why? Because she couldn't breathe. 
She couldn't breathe. And let me tell you something. When you don't understand something, you panic. And you're panicking because you are spiritually suffocating because you haven't dug into the word to find where the answer comes from. And so we got to get into the word and then we will stop the suffocating and the answer will come. She didn't understand what was happening. And because she didn't understand, she panicked. She was panicking. So if you want to stop panicking, get in the word and God will give you the answers. You know, I, I panicked when God called me in the ministry. I panicked when God said, I want you to go to Scottsburg and plant a church. I panicked. And then all of a sudden I stopped, got in the word, and the breath of God began to settle me down, and I stopped panicking, and I began to understand clearly what thus saith the Lord I was supposed to do. So listen, God will give you all the understanding and the answers that you need if you just stop, take time, get into the word. Amen. Because the breath of God will breathe on you and give you exactly what you need. So that's number one. So number one, it gives you understanding. You get understanding when you stay in the word because this word is God and this word is the breath of God. And the second thing that it will do is this. It brings order to chaos. Can somebody say amen? How many needs a little order? How many needs some chaos to settle down maybe in your homes or maybe in your life? Maybe it's, it's like you're, you're panicking. You're, things is out of order. Ezekiel 37 verses seven. I want you to see here how God brought order when he breathed on this situation, order came. That's, what, that's the power of the breath of God. Now, again, I want to tell you, the enemy does not want you to read the word of God. Because right. he wants chaos to stay in your home. He wants chaos to stay in your life. And the chaos is going to stay there as long as you stay out of the word of God. That's the reason why Christians, they, they don't read the word. It's not because you don't want to. It's because the enemy's going to distract you and give you all these reasons why you don't need to get in the Word. Because there's going to be other things that's going to try to pull you away from that. Do not let that happen. Ezekiel 37, verses 7. So I prophesied, and as I commanded, as I was commanded, God was commanding him to do this, and as I prophesied, there was a noise, and suddenly a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to bone. Now, I always get frustrated when I see artists paint this story because I always see these skeletons of full skeletons in these, in these pictures. There were not full skeletons, folks. That's right. There were just bones. There were no skeletons. They were not skeletons until the word of the Lord that spoke through Ezekiel that caused them to become skeletons again. There were bones. There was nothing but chaos at this picture. Nothing but chaos. In Psalms 33, verses 6, let me give you some scriptures on the power here. And by the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, and all the hosts of them by the breath of his mouth. That's the breath of God, church. That's the power of, of, of allowing his breath to work. He spoke the world into existence, he spoke the sun into existence. He spoke the moon into existence. He spoke Mars and Jupiter and all the stars. He said, I want you to stay there. Earth, I want you to stay here. Sun, you stay there. And, and, and you just burn just bright enough so you don't burn them up. And you burn just bright enough so they don't freeze to death, right? And, and so, and you're going to stay exactly here. Don't you move. 
Why? He spoke that with the power of his breath. He brought order into the universe. Not only that, but let's read this one in Genesis 1, verses 2 and 3. The earth was without form and void, and the darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, you seeing this? The spoken word of God. The spoken word of God. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. He spoke the world into existence. And you know, and here's what God did. He breathed the universe into order. He breathed this earth into order. Now here's the amazing. He breathed this word into existence as well. And here's the beautiful thing about it. Whenever God breathes on it, whatever God creates, it's perfect in every way. And this word of God is perfect, infallible, no mistakes in it from the beginning to the end. And he breathed this word into existence. And it's, it's all in order the way that he wants it to be. So let me show you another scripture here. In Isaiah 55, verses 11, so is my word. Now, I, I want to pause for a moment. God kept telling Elijah, or, uh, Ezekiel, I want you to speak as I command you. Ezekiel was not speaking his own words into these bones. He was speaking what the Holy Spirit was telling him to speak. The Holy Spirit breathed on him, and, and Ezekiel could only speak what God was telling him to speak to these bones. Now, I want to read this, and I put it, to, put it in order for you, put it in perspective. Let's go back to the Scripture. Go back. There you go. Isaiah 55, verse 11. So is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. And here's what I'm telling you this morning. If your life is chaotic, if your life is out of order, all you got to do is speak the name of the word over it. Speak God's word to it. Say, no, you've got to get back into order in the name of Jesus. And as you breathe that, you say, God, you didn't give me the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And you said, God, in your word, that I can do all things through you, it strengtheneth me. God, you said that no weapon formed against me is going to prosper. And listen, God's word is perfect in every way. And if God said, I say it, then you have to believe it. And let God do the work. It's not going to come back void. God's word will do what he said it will do. And when things get out of order, here's what we got to do. Speak the word to your situation and it will bring order back in your life. Just speak it. Just speak it. Just speak it. Just speak that. <laughs> you know, um, the Bible says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness, against spiritual weakness in high places. And so anytime that you try to do something that's going to try to help you, the enemy, in a godly way, the enemy's going to be right there to try to stop it. Amen. Okay? And, and, and my wife and I, it's like, <laughs> we're going to marriage conference, and it's like, for whatever, I'm just going, can I, it's okay. I say, <laughs> I'll get in trouble for this, but that's Okay. But if, if, if we were going to pick on one another, it was going to be then. That's the way it works. And, but what we had to do, 
I, we said in that, we stopped. We said, this is dumb. We stopped, held hands, said, no, in the name of Jesus, Satan, you don't have any business coming at us right now because we know what you're up to. That's just the way he did. But you know what? It was gone. Immediately. Why? Because we spoke the power of the word to him and the breath of God drove him out. Amen. Now, let me tell you something. You could either sit around and argue and fuss all that you want or you could stop what you're doing, take command and speak the word to your situation and it'll bring order back in your life. All of a sudden it'll settle down. I promise you, that's the way and that's the power of the breath of God. And when you read the word of God, again, it's very difficult. If you don't know the word of God, you're not going to know God. If you don't know the word of God, you're not going to experience the breath of God. If you don't know the word of God, if you stay out of it, you're gonna, your life is going to be constantly chaotic and you're going to wonder why it's chaotic. All of a sudden, you know, you're not going to have answers. You're always going to be trying to figure out what to do and you're going to make wrong decisions, you know. I'm telling you what. When you walk it in God's way, God's way is so much better than our way. So stay in a word. So God's breath, reading the word of God, it gives you the answers. It gives you the understanding that you're going to need. And the second thing that it's going to do, it's going to bring order back into that chaos. Guarantee it. Look at your kids. Say, no, you st- in Jesus' name. I come against that spirit in Jesus' name. <laughs> it's a spirit. It's not them. It's not, you're not up against people. That's a spirit. Russia and Ukraine, it's a spirit, church. It's not, a, it's not, it's a spirit and you got to deal with the spirit and you do it through the word and the breath of God. And here's the third thing that the breath of God will do. It gives you strength. Yeah. Amen. Amen. How many of you feel like, oh my goodness, I could use a little strength. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I'm worn out. But they that wait upon the Lord and Isaiah says, will renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. How do we do that? By the word of God, by allowing the Holy Spirit, by allowing the breath of God to breathe that strength back into our lives. Watch Ezekiel 37, verses 6. These bones were just bones, okay? And he commanded them, and they started rattling, and then they become skeletons. Now they're skeletons. What do you do now? They can't do anything. So God's got to give them some strength now, and he breathed his strength into them by giving them sinews or tendons and muscles, and he put skin on them. Ezekiel 37, verse 6, I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you. How am I going to do that? By the power of my breath, by the power of my words that I'm going to speak over you. And I love the song that Moses sang when he was faced, and he felt weak and he felt like he had no strength, had no power at the moment. He saw the Red Sea in front of him. He saw the military army, the Egyptians coming at them from behind. He didn't know what to do. But all of a sudden, this is the song that he sang. Let's, let me read it to you. Exodus chapter 15, verses 8 and 10. And with the blast of your nostrils, the waters were gathered together. The flood stood upright like a heap. The depths congealed in the, hit, in the heart of the sea, the enemy said, I will pursue, I will overtake, I will divide the spoil. My desire shall be satisfied on them. I will draw my sword, my hand shall destroy them. Verse 10, I love this. But you, God, you blew with your wind. 
The sea covered them. They sank like lead in the mighty waters. Here's what happened that day. All God did was sneeze. And the water parted. That is the power of the breath of God. And I believe today that there's enough of the breath of God that we can breathe the power and the anointing of God over Russia and Ukraine and stop that in Jesus' name because there's power in that breath. There's power in the name of Jesus. And there's some of you, again, you may be faced with the Red Sea. You may be faced with a big mountain this morning, and you don't know how you're going to get through it. All you got to do is say, God, I got to trust you. I'm going to stay in the Word, and I'm going to speak the Word over this situation. I'm going to speak the Word over this mountain. And God, I pray that, God, if you could just sneeze and you part the water for Moses, God, I need to sneeze right now, God. God, can you just sneeze? God, can you just breathe right now? over my situation, over my marriage, over my kids. Hallelujah. Come on, God. I need a big sneeze over my kids, right? Over my teenager. That's how powerful the breath of God is. And here's where it comes from. Your strength comes from the word of God. It comes from that word. Amen. Pastor David, I'm getting ready to wrap it up, buddy. So the breath of God, are you getting what I'm saying this morning? Look, when you read this word, not only are you gonna get to know who God is better because he is this word, but he's gonna breathe his breath into your life and over every situation. You stay close to this. You stay close to him because when you stay close to the word, you stay close to him. He'll give you direction. And so not only that, but so, so it gives you uh, answers to the questions that you may have in your life. There's some of you this morning, you got a lot of questions. You got a lot of unanswered questions. And it's messing with you. Stay in the word, let God breathe on that. Some of you, you may have, you know, your, your life is chaotic. There's no order to it. You want to settle it? Let the breath of God breathe on it and watch what God will do. Order will come by the word. Okay, some of you this morning, you've lost strength. You're tired, you're exhausted. And when he says, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, I'll give you rest. I'll put strength back in you. What he's saying is, is come to me. How do you go to him? You go to the word. You talk with him. You ask him. And watch order come back in. Come on, praise him. All of you, come on up. I feel a little lonely up here. So here's the fourth one, okay? And this is really where we're pretty much at. Is the breath of God. It gives you life. If I'm honest this morning, I believe that some of you, I think we might feel a little dead right now, you know? <laughs> I feel that way every now and then. I just feel like I don't want to go anymore. You ever feel that way? You get the life knocked out of you. And I find the further away I get away from God and the word, the easier it is for my life to be chaotic, the easier it is for my life to not have order to it, the easier it is for me to no longer have strength. And the most, the big one is, is I just don't feel like I'm alive anymore. I feel dead. But the good news this morning is the Holy Spirit's here. And the breath of God is here. And it's up to you, rather or not, if you're going to let the breath of God breathe on you. Yeah, 
and breathe over that situation that you're faced with. Let me show you here. It's going to give you life. You see, this lady felt like that she was dying. She she thought she was dying because she didn't get the oxygen that she needed at that moment. And there's some of us this morning, we're not breathing in the oxygen of God's word and his very breath. And we feel like we're dying spiritually. But this morning, God wants to bring life. Let me show you Ezekiel 37 verse 10. So I prophesied, not as I'm saying, Ezekiel said, but as he commanded me. Who's he? God. As God commanded me. I'm listening to God command me and breathe And breath came into them, and they what? They lived. They lived. You see, if the breath of God can breathe into Ezekiel, and Ezekiel can breathe over these dead bones, how much more do you think that God can command you and breathe into you, and you can breathe over your situation? You can. God hasn't changed. And God is still moving. God is still breathing. And he's breathing into you. He says the very breath of life is in you. Now you breathe that over your circumstances. And they lived. And what they do? Stood upon their feet. Oh, wait a minute, Pastor Gary. This Bible was written by a man. So it, it, it's probably got some mistakes in it. It's probably got some flaws in it because man wrote it. If the man wrote it, how in the world could it have been God, God breathed? Well, let me show you something. You see, when God's directing you, you're not going to mess up. God spoke it into men. Let me show you. He got an answer for that. 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 2 and 1. You wonder how this word was written? You want to know how there's no flaws in this word? You know why? Because the flawless breath of God was breathing it into godly, Holy Ghost-filled men of God. Above all, you must realize that no prophecy in Scripture ever came from the prophet's own understanding, their own knowledge, their own mind. didn't come from that way. But how did it come? Or from human in- initiative. No, those prophets were moved by what? The Holy Spirit, and they spoke from God. They only spoke, and they only wrote what God told them to write. And so when you read this, you're reading God. You're reading the very breath of God. And the breath of God is breathing into you. And it's bringing life back into you. And you know, when you're dead and you're done, it's hard to do so. It's hard to pick it up, isn't it? But you just say, God, give me the strength, God. God, let me read it one more time. Let me read it just one more time, God. And when you speak the word of God, the breath of God is released in your situation, church. God gave me that this week. I'm going to say it again. When you speak this word, you speak this word of God, the breath of God is released. Somebody get that. It's released in your situation. So what are you faced with this morning? Come on. It's not too big for God. God's limited by us. He said, I've already given you everything that you need. Now, why don't you use it? My strength, my power, my anointing is just just open your mouth and let the word of God come back out of you, over your family, over your finances. It's messed up. No, you speak life back into it. You speak life back into it. You see, that's what we, we just spoke life back into our situation. I'm thankful that we knew to do that. 
How do we know to do that? Because we both stay in the word. Because we both allow the Holy Spirit to breathe on our lives. And we understand, we know how to get, but I've thought about that. I thank God, dear God, for people that don't. They get stuck there. They get stuck in a place where they don't have any answers. They get stuck in a place where there's chaos and there's mess in their life and they're just trying to find their way through. They're stuck in a mess where they don't have any more strength anymore and they've got a spirit of quit inside of them. They're in a place where they don't feel life anymore. They don't even feel alive. In Job 33, verse 4, it says, The Spirit of God has made me and the breath of the Almighty gives me life. That's for you. You, 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 you. That's for all of us this morning. He's here to give you life again, church. What gives us answers? It's the breath of God. What gives us organization? What gives us peace? What gives us order again? It's the breath of God. What gives us the strength? It's the breath of God. What gives us life? It's the breath of God. It's this word. It's the breath of God. The breath of God. I'm going to close this scripture. I'm going to pray. And God's going to bring somebody alive again. You can either sit there and live dead, or you could do something about it. Proverbs 4, verses 20 and 22 says, My child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. You hang on to them. Let them penetrate deep. So when you do hit a fence or you do hit a road bump, you'll know what to do. Deep into your heart. For they bring life to those who find them and healing to the whole body. Amen.